Episode of HP Critical, a podcast where my friends and I talk all things gaming. My name is Jarell, and I have a very special guest today. Her name is Felicia, and she's going to tell you all about herself. But first, I want to tell you guys why I have her on here. So, as you guys may know, this is Latinx Heritage Month uh, from September 15th to October 15th, and I've reached out to a lot of Latinx content creators and people in the industry just to talk to them, uh, have a candid conversations about their experiences in the industry and how they feel about certain subjects that come up uh, that we can talk about. So I'm very, very honored to have Felicia here. So Felicia, can you please tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Hello. So yeah, um, me and Jarrell first met at a little website called WTF Gamers Only. That was and like that was five years ago? Kind of, Maybe even longer. Oh my gosh. <sighs> I feel like it might be longer. longer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Time flies. But uh, that's kind of where I got my start um, writing about games. And uh, I was there for about a year-ish on and off. And then I moved on to freelancing and um, worked for this company called Greenlit Content, where we would... Make, like do coverage for sites like Prima Games and Turtle Beach. And they even had a little indie website that I was really super duper passionate about called Indie Obscura. Shout out to Morgan, who was also helping me spearhead that. Um, and it was really cool and fun. I was there for about a year or two as a contractor. And then I went full time freelance. And a lot of my experience is with guides writing. Um, you know, I wrote a lot of stuff that was focused with like SEO in mind. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I did features and stuff here and there, but it was mostly guides writing. And that's kind of how I got my position now, which is SEO editor at IGN. Oh, I also, (laughs) I also wrote for, I was also the section editor at digital trends Mm -hmm. for a bit. Yeah. But let's, we'll, we'll move past that really fast. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) I understand. I understand. Uh, yeah. So, that's kind of where I'm at now. Um, I, I'm going to be honest, like my journey trying to break into the industry, it felt very surreal for me mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I was working really hard to try and break into the industry as a lot of people do. But there was a point where I was kind of like, okay, uh, I don't think this is going to work out for me because yeah. I'm just hitting a wall and, You know, as we know, a lot of the people who break into the industry are white and, you know, I figured, (laughs) yes, white, male, cis, hetero, like, you know, definitely not me, not us. So it was, it was kind of random how it happened. You know, I, I sent out, you know, applications, not really expecting to hear back from anybody and lo and behold, you know, some people did reach back out. And that's how I got a lot of my opportunities. So like, when people ask me, like, how did you break into the industry? I'm kind of like, I honestly don't fucking know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Fucking luck. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I won't say there wasn't a lot of hard work involved, because there was and you know, a lot of people work really hard to break in. Um, it, it is a lot of like, 
you know, working weekends and yeah. uh, long hours and mm-hmm. contributing a lot of your own personal time. Um, but you know, I, I loved, I loved doing it. Um, it was work, but I also loved it. So yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much. So also for anyone who's listening who, you know, I get a lot of people saying that they really love what we do at HP critical and like, uh, you know, even my own writing, it is all because of this woman here. So like, I have to thank you uh, specifically on this podcast because a lot (laughs) of, you know, what I've been able to do with games journalism has been just from my experience with working with you. So thank you so much for everything. Yeah. I mean, WTF Gamers only was such a magical time. I talk about it with Lee, who's my boyfriend, but he, I also met him. There, at yes. w, Yeah, full circle, WTF Gamers only. And I, you know, we were such a great group. I don't know how it mm-hmm. happened. I'm telling you, it was fucking magic. But we, when we all got together and we were writing and we were like really trying to bring this site to be something, mm-hmm. um, we just all got along so well and we were all so passionate about it and I honestly looked forward to it like every single day you know seeing you guys talking to you guys yes. joking with you guys oh gosh, memes yes. like yes. <laughs> <laughs> literally best times best of times yes yes and then everyone kind of like went on to do great things yep, like literally. you you started your own website Grayson is in the industry writing mm-hmm. and Maggie's a game developer. Yes, like. I know. I was just talking to her the other day. I was like, oh my gosh, I love what you're doing. Every everyone is just it's been it's been such a great starting point, I think, for all of us to to branch out. And it's been really wonderful for me personally to be able to, you know, reach out to people like you or Grayson or Austin or Maggie or anyone, you know, who's working in the industry now. Um it's been really, really wonderful to have those connections. So just just even when we have to talk, like even having conversations like this, because I know a lot of times when you know a video game comes up like for and and i'm gonna get into a little bit of diversity really quick a bit um but a lot of times when like video games come up i will see something and then i'll have a completely different opinion from someone else who's writing on it and then as soon as you tweet i'm like okay i know that she feels the same way that i do (laughs) about this so it's it's really really great to be able to have that outlet um and knowing that even though i am not always represented in that space i know that i have people um that are friends of mine who are represented in that space who definitely have the same type of experience that I will uh, because I you know I've talked to people before and we've had conversations where they're just like um and this is this was a one that I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent here but there was a conversation that I was having with someone uh, who is really well in the industry who's done really well for themselves and we were talking about it wasn't even a video game I think it was a movie um I don't remember but we were talking about reviewing it and the conversation was that I said was that, you know, there are a lot of white cis male reviews out there. And so when a video game comes up or a movie comes up that doesn't have that perspective, it would be really nice to have someone else make that review. Mm -hmm. And I think we were talking about a wrinkle in time at the time. And that person was just like, are you saying that I can't review this movie? I was like, no, I'm not saying that you can't. I'm just saying your review might be very similar to someone else's that's already reviewed it. I would love to read a review from, you know, a black woman about this Mm -hmm. or a woman in general about this, because I know that their, their definition of that is going to be different or even, you know, Mm -hmm. mine is going to be different. I'm not a black woman. I'm this gay black guy in Miami who like likes video (laughs) games. So, of course, yeah. my opinion is going to be completely different from another person's. And I think yes. it's really important to have those conversations and have that type of um, representation in the industry. And some people just don't get it. So I, it, yeah. it's 
it's really great when I'm able to talk to people like you who even we even have, you know, different opinions on things. But I, I love that we're able to sit down and have these conversations. And I know that you're over at IGN. And I, I was literally doing a podcast the other day. And I, I freaked out because I was reading an article and it was one of yours. And I was like, oh, my God, I know her. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was really, really cool. So Yeah. And I, I completely agree. Like, you know, when I was growing up, um, a lot of the content that I was drawn to was, you know, written or done by people like me. And, you know, breaking into the industry, it's been kind of rough when people bring up like, oh, well, you know, this guy, right? Like, everyone knows him. And it's Mm -hmm. like this really popular white journalist. And I'm just like, honestly, I really don't. And it's no shade or anything, but it's just like, that's not what I'm looking for when I'm looking for, you know, reviews about stuff or an opinion about something because our experiences are totally different. We look for, we probably look for different things in, in the kind of games we want to play. And, exactly. you know, I, I want to hear from people that are more um, inclusive. And are going to consider like, okay, well, I want to hear about like, do you think that this game is worth the money? Do you think that the character portrayals in this game um, are respectful of the uh, marginalized communities it includes and all that stuff? So it's so important to have that. Yes. So I have a few questions for you. Yeah. Uh, one of them is going off of exactly what you were talking about, you know, marginalized groups represented in video games. So I know you had some things to say about uh, Cyberpunk 2077 after oh. they did their video of the gangs that were shown off. And I really want to have you just expound on that and express to me how you felt when you saw them. Cause I, and you weren't the only one, but mm-hmm. I know, um, one of the, one of the gangs, I don't even remember the name of the gang actually. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember the Tiger Claws because when I saw it, I was like, wow, that is like, yeah. And no offense. Oh I, I I think that CD Project Red is probably gonna do a really great job. Yeah. But it's just like, damn, the best y'all could do was Tiger Claw. Tiger Claw. <laughs> like, I know. That really and that fawn and then the spot. I was like, oh my god. Yes. But <laughs> um so how did you feel when you saw uh the Latin group representation in the the presentation that was shown? Okay, so like First, I was working when that whole thing happened, but I saw my coworker, Janet Garcia, like, okay, you can always count on Janet Garcia to talk about some bad representation in games. And she was like, oh my gosh, like this group, I think they're called the Valentinos. Yes. Um, Yeah. 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 And she was like, you know, the kind of, they were talking Spanglish in the, in the trailer. And that's been a big thing. Like, when we see Latinx groups portrayed in video games, they speak Spanglish, but it's not natural Spanglish. It's like clearly written by someone who doesn't know what Spanglish is and it's unnatural, you know? So they had that. I remember hearing in the trailer, they were like gangster life, puto or some shit like that. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And it's clear, you know, they're trying to, they're, they're drawing a lot of inspiration from like Chicano or Chicanx culture. Um, but so often we see that with Latinx representation, it's always like, you know, a Latinx, uh, drug lord, kingpin, like, um, corrupt government official, gang member, like you never see them portrayed in other more uplifting ways. Yeah. And it, it 
and it, it gets kind of tiring after a while to constantly see like the, the few instances of representation that we get always circle back to stereotypes or stereotypical things, right? Every time, um, every time. Yeah. Every time. And, you know, people will usually come back with like, well, those, those, you know, stereotypes come from like real life and it's not inaccurate and da 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 da. da. And it's like, okay, stereotypes are typically over-exaggerated mm-hmm. you know they're, they're usually not a very accurate representation of what people like that in real life are really like and you know we should definitely want more from exactly games. exactly <laughs> yeah i i completely agree and you know i was literally someone i was speaking to someone about this and mm-hmm. they were just like I guess they didn't understand where the upset was coming from. And so I want to ask you once again, like if someone were to come to you and they'd be like, well, why, like, how do you feel like they could fix this? Because to them, they just don't see the problem with it. What would you say to them? I would say, you know, I mean, at this point, like there's just a lot of things. (laughs) There's a lot of things I want to say that CD Projekt Red is kind of not, handling very well with with um cyberpunk i don't know why i wanted to say crosspunk but (laughs) cyberpunk (laughs) and i i think that they probably should have reached out to the people the groups that they're including in their games and have gotten a a, like the outlook or the viewpoint from those people so they could have gotten a better if they're gonna go the gang route get a better version of it that's not like bad spanglish yeah. and weird catchphrases that are corny and all that stuff right um because you know another thing i'm not ignorant of is that this is supposed to be based on a tabletop game yeah so apparently they're taking bits from that and like Valentinos are actually like a, a gang in the in the tabletop, the tabletop game, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's also another thing. But I don't know. I've never played the tabletop game. I don't know if they're really like this in the tabletop game, where this is like CD Projekt Red's spin on the Valentinos. On that, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and just one more question about this. So, would you be okay if, um, you'd be okay with there being, because there are, you know, gangs of every race, let's, you know, I'm saying that in quotations because they're gang mm-hmm. of every race, you would feel better about it had it been portrayed in a better light, as in, like, had it not been, you know, the Spanglish, the crosses <laughs> on the foreheads, like the over-exaggeration, <laughs> you would have felt better about the situation? Uh, I would have tolerated it more, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I... I still, I'm just, I feel like I'm more on the extreme side of the spectrum when it comes to representation. Uh, I know a lot of people aren't, you know, a lot of people are okay, like just seeing, you know, just being represented. In, yeah, in, right? exactly. Where I'm kind of of the mind of like, I'll be honest with you, I have no interest in playing cyberpunk because mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. And, <laughs> and from other things that I've seen, like, you know, the whole, um, like transgender thing that happened oh, yeah. and yeah there's a lot of things about this game that I'm kind of like don't get me wrong like I love the work that CD Projekt Red has done in the past like mm-hmm. The Witcher's fantastic but that was a white story done by a very white developer <laughs> yeah. you know so yeah. of course they're gonna get it right of course they're gonna kill it where in cyberpunk we have all different types of marginalized communities and they're kind of 
mm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the representation there isn't that good. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, it's so funny that you say that because I'm actually um, the same way. So one of the games, you know, I still haven't played Spider-Man. I talk about this a lot. I still haven't played Spider-Man yet. And I was going to play it uh, eventually because when it first was announced, I was like, okay, cool. Spider-Man on PS4. That's probably something I'd be interested in. But then as soon as I found out that it was just, you know, white Peter Parker again, I was like, okay, (laughs) I actually don't care to play this game anymore. Um, And then everyone's like, oh, yeah, no, it's really, really good. It's really great. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll get to it eventually because I do want to play it because you know I know it's a really great game but uh I was hoping for something new you know I was hoping for a Miles Morales story so then when I found out it was just Peter Parker with Miles Morales I was like I have lost a lot of interest in this title just because I feel like I played this before I've seen this movie a million times I've done this Mm -hmm. over and over and the same thing actually happened to me with um Star Wars. Um, oh my gosh, what is the? Did last I fall one? in order? Yes, yes. So yep. the one before that, and I just talked about this too. The one before that, they had Janina Gavankar, and I was super excited. I was like, finally, put a woman in the front of this game. Yep. That's super cool. And then when I found out they were making another one, and it was going to be canon for the Star Wars story, I was like, okay, you know, I can, I might be able to get into this. And yeah. then having the opportunity to do something but then repeating yourself with another white guy i was like oh my gosh why do you guys do this like yes. you and i an remember the, the explanation they used was the most disappointing for me because i was like okay i don't even know what it was what was it i literally just okay. cut off from the game after that i was done yeah so i remember distinctly because it was like a headline i read and i clicked on it and i'm like this can't be true and it because it was the most wild headline and it was like i guess somebody had asked them oh like why didn't you like do go the route of like another female protagonist like ray mm-hmm. and i guess a developer from you know from the from that team was just like oh we didn't want to do that again because we already have Ray." and what? i was just like <laughs> I was like, wait, I did a double take. I was like, so you're just going to give us like the millionth white, like male pro tag? Yep. Because that makes oh, but sense. But this that, time, this... he has red hair, don't forget. So, you know, oh, he's yeah. so different now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It just, I, I, I'm sorry, did I cut you off? I'm sorry. No, 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 you're, you're good. <laughs> it, so... Okay, so the next thing I want to talk to you about is when companies, I guess, try to do... The, so I'm going to talk about Ubisoft. Ubisoft, mm-hmm. Ubisoft. How do you say it? Uh, uh, Ubisoft? <laughs> okay. Ubisoft? I say I, Ubisoft, but I've heard people say Ubisoft. I and I'm end like, up saying both, so I'll probably say yeah. both in this podcast. <laughs> uh, so I want to talk to you about them a little bit, because I think a lot of times they'll make games that are supposed to be really big and are supposed mm-hmm. to tackle certain issues, but then they kind of mm-hmm. fall back on them in the process of creating the game. And most recently we saw um, Far Cry 6. Yes. Uh-huh. And... I did not know this, so forgive me. I literally found out because of your tweets. I did not know that Giancarlo Esposito was only black. I yeah. thought that he was a mixed actor. Um, so I totally want to delve into this a little bit because when I found that out, I was like, damn, y'all really couldn't find an, you know, another Latinx person <laughs> to play this character. Not saying that the guy isn't great, but like, yeah. I feel like he's been so typecasted in that role that I honestly thought that he was, uh, you know, of Hispanic descent. Um, yeah. so how did you feel about that reveal watching especially seeing what far cry 6 is supposed to uh, be about like how did you feel about all of that 
Um, so I, I recently found out about the whole Giancarlo Esposito thing is I, I was seeing tweets from people saying it and I was like, no, that's not true. Cause you know, we've seen him portray like, you know, a lot of different roles before in yeah. the past. And I assumed Esposito, I was like, like oh, Esposito, <laughs> you know, like, okay, girl, yeah. chill out. Let's, let's do our research. So I did. And I found out that he's Italian and black or african-american and i was like oh so he's really not okay that was my bad for assuming by his last name that he was of latinx you know descent Mm -hmm. um and the far cry series is one that really just does a lot of things that i'm not really into it's always like It takes exotic locations and it like really fetishizes them and it builds stories off of them. And they're usually not great stories. You know what I'm saying? So when I saw Far Cry 6 and I was like, it's kind of, I mean, it could really be anything. But like, I think of like Cuba, I think of like, you know, uh, countries where they've had like dictators kind of really ruin the the country yeah and i was like oh we're doing this again you know like I, we see <laughs> yeah. this, you know we see this so we see this kind of um storyline in a lot of games so often um i was upset to find out that you know john carl esposito isn't latinx and he's portraying a latinx character is it as bad as them casting a white guy to do it I wouldn't say so. You know, I'm just glad a person of color is being is involved. Um, But it's not ideal for me. If we lived in a perfect world, I would like to have people who are from those groups portray those characters all the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I Um, agree. But I'm but I know we don't live in a perfect world, you know, and just to know that at least a person of color got the role is like somewhat of a plus in my book you know what i'm saying yeah um i did find out that his son um diego castillo is done is he's being voiced by anthony gonzalez and he is a latinx okay. person and i think he, i think he is the main character so i'll take that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah yeah okay all yeah. right you know yeah, I, you know, there were people, I think, who were confused about me and my feelings about that as well, because, I, I mean, I, I feel the same way as you. I'm always like, yes, put some black people in your game, people. Like, I'm here yes. for it. But at the same time, I also believe in representation for everyone. And I, you know, when I when I was talking to people about that, they were like, oh, but he's a black guy. And I was like, yeah, but it's not written for a black guy. Like, his experience is not going to be the same experience as the character that it's written for, you know, like he's not lived that. And of course, you know, he's an actor. I'm not saying he's not going to be bad at it. Like I'm not saying that he shouldn't have been casted, but I do think that the role could have and should have gone to someone of Latinx descent, especially because it's such a heavy topic. So that, that the relationship of that person playing that type of character is going to be very different from, you know, a black Cuban than just a black Italian who um, doesn't understand that type of dictatorship because they don't have family there or they haven't experienced it. And I'm not saying that he hasn't because I don't know his life. But that that does make, I think, to me, a difference. And that also brings me to 
Um, something else that I want to talk to you about. We have a lot of things to talk about. <laughs> um, so did you see the uh, Twitch celebration for Hispanic Heritage oh, Month? Oh, yes, I did. Okay. Yes. Um, so I'm assuming you saw the little video clips where they decided that they were going to uh, put forward Latinx uh, content creators on Twitch. Did mm-hmm. you see that, that, yeah. that ad roll? Okay. And then you also saw the lovely sombreros that they put on the emotes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So uh, there's two things I want to talk about. With that. <laughs> the first one is, and this, uh, and I'm sorry if I upset anyone with this one, but something that I always end up talking about is um, Latinx representation in media is always mm-hmm. very white. Yes. And... Um, I think that that ad roll had a, it was awesome. I thought it was really great. I think when Twitch does feature people for, you know, X month, I think it's really, really awesome that we get to see content creators of color. You know, I, I personally have found new people to follow. I think it's really awesome and I'm not detracting from anyone that was in that video, Mm -hmm. but I think people don't always understand race and ethnicity and intersectionality and all that wonderful stuff. And to me, that video was like, damn, this is really cool. But I know there's some black Latinos and, you know, Latinx people on Twitch that are just not at all in this video whatsoever. Like, Mm -hmm. did did that cross your mind at all? Like, do you do you do you notice when things like that happen? Oh, absolutely. Um, That's that's probably like the biggest drum I bang on when it comes to Latinx representation is that we so often forget as in the media that there is such a thing as a black Latinx person that that's an intersection that we do not see represented nearly enough, you know, and it, it, I feel like it comes all, it comes back around to media, right? Like the, the movies and the shows that we consume, you always see a white Latinx person in in that stuff, like sitcoms and shows and like all that stuff. Like they don't ever really show like a black Latinx person. And that's wild <laughs> because like Latinx people come in all different shades. Like, exactly. They're white, they're tan, they're brown, they're black, like the full spectrum. And you always see the same type of Latinx people. It's mm-hmm. always like either a white latinx person or like a mildly tan latinx person (laughs) that's it that's it it literally does not go any further yeah and that's not reality it's and you see you see it also in in latinx communities like a lot of latinx people just assume that if someone's black that they can't possibly be latinx and that's wild to me it's so crazy to me too yes i've literally seen people blacker than i am who are latinx and i'm like oh cool and then people are like nah you like you're they they you know it's all about perception and people see you and they place you somewhere and then that's it and their mind is blown (laughs) to know that there's intersection between those but sorry continue no, I agree. And you see it happen all the time where it's like you'll see two Latinx people talking Spanish and then, you know, you see a black Latinx person come up and they talk Spanish too and they're looking at them like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> yep. I didn't know you could yep. speak Spanish. And it's like, why wouldn't they speak Spanish? Like, why would you assume that? Like, you know, Latinx people, I think it's it's an interesting situation for Latinx people I mean, if we want to get deep, like, you know, we were colonized and we there's, you know, there's Spaniard, there's indigenous blood, there's African blood. And 
that how we look is representative of that. You get people that look all different types of ways, you know, range of skin tones. And for some reason, we like to pretend that all Latinx people look a certain way when that's not reality. So, you know, media, I think, plays a big role in that because people buy into that representation they see in movies. They're like, oh, they must all, you know, look like like J-Lo. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's actually, you know, one of the reasons that I'm very picky now when I watch black movies is because mm-hmm. I am also, uh, you know, and this is just for me, I'm very tired of seeing the same thing all the time. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm very specific when I decide to watch something because I'm like, okay, how is this really going to make me feel? What am mm-hmm. I going to be seeing in this? Because I've seen the same thing for like my entire life about, you know, how my people are represented. And, mm-hmm. and it, co- and it goes with video games as well. You know, I notice, um, when a video game has no black people in it, you know, and that doesn't mm-hmm. always necessarily mean that I'm not going to play the game. Like I'm not going to be excited about the game. That's not the case, but it is yeah. something that, you know, I notice I'm like, you know, if I'm watching, uh, 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 you know, the DC um, game that's coming out soon and I'm like looking at the NPCs, if I don't see any black NPCs, I'm like, what, what like what kind of world is this like that, yeah that, like, I, I actually wrote <laughs> an article reality yeah i literally wrote an article that was like uh have all the black people just left gotham i was like did they <laughs> like are they tired like did they go somewhere like what's happening with that um have, have there been any situations where you like have noticed that there aren't any latinx uh people in a video game and it's like and it hasn't necessarily like has has there been a situation where you've noticed that there aren't any Latinx people in a video game and has it bothered you at all? Yeah, I mean I feel like the the more the more I was in this industry and the more I found my voice cuz I I entered this industry with like really no voice at all. I just love video games. I hadn't really thought too heavily about these topics growing up. That I I would say that's a privilege that I had I got to have, but as I got into this industry more and I started thinking more critically about games um I started challenging myself to think more critically about games and not so much from a I'm a fan of video games you know it was more of like how can these games can how how can they be better and I really started to notice all the time in games like you know, I'm, I'm, I love fantasy games. It's something that I love. I love JRPGs and mm-hmm. those genres notoriously exclude black and brown folks. All the time. All the time. <laughs> All the time. And, you know, we we always get into those conversations of historical accuracy and, and medieval themed games. And I'm like, bitch, there's dragons. Exactly. Like, oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Why are we even talking about that? And yeah. You know, yeah, I, I notice it all the time now. And, you know, I'm at a point where I'm kind of tired of seeing this lack of representation where it's like I'm at a point where if I don't see it, I'm going to say something because it's hard for me to see people get so excited about something and just glaze over like mm-hmm. the glaring missions and games or the bad representation in it. Um I, I just can't, I can't ignore it anymore. Like yeah. I can't be excited about something if it's going to misrepresent, you know, the community I'm part of, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh no, I, I completely understand. You know, for a long time I was arguing with friends about um, the Witcher. I still haven't played it. 
I haven't played yeah. a lot of games, but like for a long time, I was arguing with friends about The Witcher because you know I was I was on the train of damn I'm not interested in playing this game because there aren't any black people in it, you know, and and mostly you know everyone would give me the same excuse, and I'm just like, look, this guy is from what I understand <laughs> fighting some crazy ass monsters. I don't care where it's set. There are literally people of every color everywhere. So mm-hmm. I don't find that, you know, enough of an excuse, especially now. And I always bring this up. Did you happen to play the Final Fantasy VII remake? Yes. Yep. So I always bring this example up now. Uh, and I, I actually love that I can do this. There are a lot of, I think the, uh, I first, I do think that there are some issues <laughs> with <laughs> representation in that game. You know, yes. Barrett is a little iffy. Yep. Um, but The hair, though. <laughs> Uh, yes Uh, but um one of the things that i do appreciate about that game that i actually bring up now is that when people Mm -hmm. tell me that you know there's a japanese developer they can't do diversity i -hmm. think sometimes it is as simple as what the team uh did for final fantasy 7 remake there are a lot of and there are still some iffy ones but there are a lot of you know black and brown people in the world of midgar and there was a time I remember I was playing, I stopped the game and I literally took a picture and I sent it to my boyfriend and I sent it to my friends. And like, there, there's this like side mission where you have to save this little Asian boy in this little background. And I was like, oh my God, look at this. Like they didn't have to do that, you know? Yeah. But it, it, it just goes to show me that if you want to make your world real, you know what you have to do. And it doesn't matter where you are from as a developer, you can do it, you know? And it wasn't yeah. some like, oh, look, here's black people. It was literally just like, you know, this is the world that they live in. And it was, yes. to me, that is more realistic. Like Midgar is more realistic because it has people of different races. Like, I don't even know what the, the Mughal kid, um, like, I don't even know what his ethnicity was, but I was like, look at this cute ass little brown boy. Like, I'm here for <laughs> this like yeah even the fact that i couldn't tell what he was made me happy because i'm like damn like there there are you know uh ethnicities that i don't even understand being represented in this video game like that's super cool to me that there was mm-hmm. so much and it and it it was done to me in a way that was just like you know it's just background so a lot of people might not even appreciate that but i was just like oh my god like guys <laughs> look at this like and and it just really made that game uh go to a different level for me and i love using it as an example for whenever someone's like oh there's ja- they're a japanese developer they don't they're so all their games are going to just have japanese people i'm like okay but look at like one of the most anticipated remakes of all time and mm-hmm. you cannot tell me that that it can't be done yeah, I, I totally agree. Like you touched on something that I think about a lot. And that's like, why is it that when we are represented, it always has to be, you know, the extreme, like it always has to be like a caricature of a black or brown person from mm-hmm. a culture, right? Like we can't just exist in a world without them putting, you know, the fact that we are Latinx or that we're brown or that we're black in the forefront. Like, mm-hmm. can we just exist can in we this just world? Literally, we're regular ass people. You know, it's like I think about this a lot with like lot like Latinx people in America. Like, we're literally just like a lot of other people. Yeah. You know, like yes, we come home and our parents might speak Spanish and we might listen to salsa or bachata and all that stuff. But like when we're out in the world, we're speaking English. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, we all have a unique sense of style. We listen to all different types of music. We come, we're all so different 
And it, it, that's not just for white people, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, yeah. it's, for, it's for brown, it's for black, it's for Latinx, it's for whatever you are. Like it, it doesn't always have to be about, you know, making sure they know mm-hmm. <laughs> that we're Mexican. Or, right. You know, <laughs> like, it, it's okay. We don't have to wear a sign <laughs> on our foreheads. Like, exactly. let us just be people. Yes. Yes. So I, I don't want to miss this one, though. So how how did you feel when you saw the Twitch emotes? And specifically, how, how did you feel? Because when I saw them, I was like, they just did this really great ad of showcasing uh, Latinx people that are going to be on Twitch. Like, did you not talk to them beforehand? Like, what happened there? How, how did you feel when you saw those? So the Twitch emotes instantly, I was kind of just like, come on, man. Like, Twitch, this is not their first offense doing something like this, you know? And it's crazy to me because maybe it's because of the people I follow. You know, I follow a lot of um, Latinx creators, a lot of Black creators, a lot of people of color, people Mm -hmm. from marginalized communities. I follow... I try to make my timeline as diverse as possible so that I can get all those different viewpoints and all those different opinions. And that helps me to be, to be better and to, to understand those viewpoints and always consider them a lot more. Yeah. And when I saw that, I was just like, you guys really just don't get it. Like there's literally people out here writing the guide book for you. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) You're just ignoring them. Like I see them. I see people tweet these really insightful, these really smart threads about how Twitch could be better at inclusion and how they could do better. Like with that Twitch emote thing was a, a prime example. Like um, this girl Kate that I follow, she she's the like I think co-owner of But Why though, and mm-hmm. she literally works doing diversity and inclusion like that's what she does her job and she did this whole long thread about like why these why this is not good yeah and i'm just like it's right there twitch right it's right, it's right there. there it's right there um but yeah like i'll i guess i'll say what the problem was out loud is that you know not all latinx people wear sombreros and maracas like mm-hmm. that's that's that stems from Mexican culture and that is something to be celebrated. But if you're talking about being inclusive and you're talking about Latinx as a whole, that doesn't encompass us as a whole. Mm-hmm. That's part of one specific culture. And it's it's taking the very superficial aspects about it on top of it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. That was just I was talking to Luis Alamilla. Um, he is also going to be on one of these podcasts, and yes. we were talking about it. And he is Mexican, so he was giving me his viewpoint. And I told him, you know, for me, that was just like if for Black History Month, Twitch put a piece of fried chicken in everybody's hand for emotes. <laughs> like to me, that is the same thing, and yes. that is just boiling an entire you know ethnicity down to a stereotype. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did y'all feel like this was ever going to be okay? <laughs> like, I don't it's, understand. It's exhausting. It really is. <laughs> yes, it, it really is. Um, <laughs> so another thing I wanted to talk to you about is, do you ever feel as if, um, you know, you're when you're writing about video games or when you're working in the video game industry, do you ever feel the need to um, try to include who you are into any of your work? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all the time, really, like, (laughs) I, I wish I had more time to do 
more features about just like all of this stuff, mm-hmm. right? Um, but you know, the the gaming industry, it's it's rough to navigate. It's rough to navigate for a lot of reasons. But if you're part of like several marginalized communities, if you're a woman, if you're part of LGBTQIA, if you're black if you're you know if you're not cis white hetero guy anything you have to <laughs> yes. say uh, in critique of video games is suddenly like you're the worst fucking person oh, tell on the me planet about it. <laughs> and <laughs> um it's just really it's really hard because sometimes you you for me i'll weigh like do i want this falling into the wrong hands and mm-hmm. getting the death threats and getting the the attacks of like you know, who I am as a person versus getting my voice out there on this stuff. And there's a lot of people who do do that and they're fucking brave. Yeah. And I want, you know, I want to do more of that, but I mostly because I, I just work a lot and I don't get the time to, but um, anyone who does do that, I feel like it's important to say that they're really putting themselves out there. They're really putting themselves on the line because yeah, the gaming community is toxic. Oh, there's no yes <laughs> yeah there's no two ways about it so if you see you know a marginalized creator speaking about their experience of, from a game like support them uplift them because i'm pretty sure there're people coming at them with all different kinds of vitriol and just nasty things mm-hmm. but yeah i definitely i definitely love talking about my experiences because i think that just needs to happen a lot more like overall (laughs) yeah you know there have been there have been times at hp critical where Mm -hmm. uh, you know i've had to specifically sit down with some of the writers and just be like okay look (laughs) Mm -hmm. i'm here for whatever you want to put out because i i feel that everyone's voice needs to be heard so i'm I'm 100 percent here for whatever you put out and i and you know i tell them every time we have a meeting i'm like look i got your back for whatever bullshit comes your way and (laughs) A lot of them are always just like, yeah, no, I already know. Like I'm, I've been, I've been around enough to know that this is going to give me backlash. And that sucks so much to me, like to hear that they're already, they're already, you know, aware of that. Cause it's happened to me before. And I'm, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm just like, oh, you know, go set my dick. I don't care. (laughs) To me, it's (laughs) like, it's not a big deal to me, but then I always feel very responsible for whatever we're putting out for people. And I know we had a very popular article for um, Overwatch uh, written by Marissa and she wrote that I think the title is Overwatch is Losing Its Diversity. And she was talking about how in the beginning, you know, we got Sombra, we had women of different sizes, different ages. And then as the game progressed, we just got a bunch of skinny white women. Mm-hmm. And that caused a bunch of issues. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, she's literally just stating facts, you know, <laughs> like yeah. that is literally what yeah. happened. And of course, you know, her opinion is that, you know, it sucks to see the diversity go away from such a popular title. Um, and, but that was, you know, one that just blew up and people were like, oh my God, what's wrong with you? And then another one that she did, which I thought was actually really interesting, uh, it's titled, Will the Last of Us 2 Bury Its Gaze? And that one was one that we had a very long conversation about because (laughs) um, basically it's about the trope of movies and video games in which they, they kill off like the lesbian character as punishment for the character being um, a lesbian. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had never actually heard of it. So that was my first time learning about it. And, you know, for her, it was one of the reasons she was afraid to even play The Last of Us 2. Mm -hmm. and I was just like 
you know, when you publish this, when this goes out, like even that title oh. is going to be something that people are going to have some issues with. And I was completely correct. It got a lot of comments. It was a lot of hate, but it was also one of those, ty- one of those pieces that I think is so strong that it, it needs to come out, you know, like yeah. the, these are the conversations that, you know, I, I am literally black and gay and I didn't have this conversation, you know, like mm-hmm. she is a white woman and she had this conversation. So I appreciate being able to, like I said, have friends that are, you know, having these um, perspectives even outside of my own. And I was just like, damn, is the game going to do that? Like mm-hmm. what is going to happen going forward with this title? But Anyway, since we talked about Twitch already, I'm going I'm to leave Twitch alone for a little bit. Do you have, <laughs> do you have any... Ne- First, I'm going to do negative. What are some of your least favorite or worst representations of uh, Latinx culture in video games? Oh, man. That's a tough <laughs> one. So I actually... <laughs> I actually sat down not too long ago and I was like, all right, because I was struggling to come up with a Latinx character I really liked, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and it was so hard for me to just think of one. And, you know, obviously, I'm very excited about Miles Morales. That's probably like, (laughs) like, you know, when the first Spider-Man game came out and they had like him as like a cameo in the game and everyone got so excited just to see him. And, they're, you know, then they announced that the next game was going to feature him. I was like, oh, my God, it's about time. And yes. I hope that game developers are taking notes. Yes. Because I don't know what it is. I don't know if they think that if they have like a black character as the main protagonist that people aren't going to be interested. But look at Miles Morales. Mm -hmm. Look at the amount of hype that was generated about that. And we haven't even seen that much. Like this is all hype generated from very little, like very little clips. Very, very little. So I'm just like, where's the reasoning? Like where, why? But yes, if when... it hasn't even come out yet, but yeah. I just want to say, like, Miles Morales is probably going to be on my list. Yes, yes, um, yes. Um, I really loved uh, Sean and Daniel from The Last of Us 2. I do I do take issue with um, just always seeing black and brown people in struggle stories. That's something that I want to see less of. I want to see more people, like more representation, like Miles Morales, where it's like we're on yeah. adventures, we're on these great, fantastic um, voyages, exploring the world and all this other stuff. But that said, that game is so damn good. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is just so damn good. And it really. It's, if you haven't played it, whoever's listening, like, please set time to play. I think the first episode's free now, like, forever. So just play the first episode and at least, like, see if you like it. Uh, but it's so worth it. It's so damn good. Um, and let's see. I guess if we're talking about the worst. Mm. Also, um, just for anyone, Life is Strange is the game. I, th- I think you said last yeah. episode. Oh, did I? But, yeah, it's okay. Life <laughs> I was is strange. Still thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's life is strange. Life is strange too. Um, I don't know. Shit. I mean, <laughs> no, that's <there's>... okay. <laughs> yeah, like it's a hard question, and it's sad 
that it's a hard it question, is, but it's a hard it question. Bad. I mean, Valentino's is definitely on there, even though that <laughs> game isn't out yet. I don't need to see any more to know. Uh, um, <laughs> um, let's see, Rico Rodriguez, he's like the Just Cause 4 guy. I mean, it's not terrible, but it's not great either. Um, yeah, I don't know. What about you? Have you, do you have? I, 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 I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I literally, every time I sit down to, to think about it, because I always try to, you know, every time I'm, you know, right, uh, talking about things that I want to talk about with someone, I'm always like, okay, how would I answer this? This is actually a question where I sat down and I was like, okay, like, are there any black characters that I just really am like, damn, like you, you are it? And the answer was literally no. Like, and I looked at all the games that I played and I've just like, a lot of them don't have black characters. And uh, sometimes when they do like, so I don't know, have you played Detroit Become Human? No, I've, I've actually, I didn't play it, but I watched the Let's Play on YouTube. Games like that, I feel two ways about them because on one side, I'm like, okay, I see the story that you're telling. But then on the other side, you know, when the developers are like, oh no, we're not trying to tell this story. I'm like, bitch, you tell it. Like, I... (laughs) <laughs> like I see what you're doing. Stop lying to me. And like Yo, that's oh a whole God. that's a whole thing. Uh, I would uh. have to say probably my favorite is going to have to be Mouse Morales, mm-hmm. um, and and mostly because because of the fact that he is an Afro Latino. Mm-hmm. because of the fact that, you know, I get to talk to you, um, you're Puerto Rican, I'm Black, we mm-hmm. can talk about him and both of us be excited for what he is and what he has coming forward. Same thing, you know, yeah. Grayson and I talked about it. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, this is so cool that, you know, us brown people can get together and get behind Spider-Man together. Like, that is yes. just, that is hype levels, like, over, out the uh. roof for me. I can't freak wait. Like, I can't wait. <laughs> right? Like I, I actually really do love that that he is um that he is both black and, and Puerto Rican because mm-hmm. it's really cool to be able to share that with you know, share that with my friends. Um mm-hmm. but no, I mean, please, you know, tell me if if you see any game that has a, a good portrayal of a black person, let me know. You know, a regular yeah. per- black person, like <laughs> let me know because <laughs> I I can't even think of one. And That's even so um, crazy. Well, I was going to say, um, sorry, sorry. No, 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 go ahead, <laughs> I was going to say that I've thought about this before, like, because we, me and Lee recorded a podcast not too long ago talking about the same thing. And I was like struggling to come up with like, you know, just Latinx characters in general. And I came across this article as I was doing research and it, it was a medium article. It wasn't even on a Kotaku or a Polygon or IGN. It was a medium article I believe it was by Alan Torres, and it was like, where are all the Latinx characters in games? Facts. And, like, I remember it saying, like, specifically, like, when I try to think of Latinx characters in games, I'm literally drawing blanks. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's, it's just that we don't see it enough. Yeah. No, really. 100%. (laughs) I was, um... I was writing, I was trying to write an article for his, uh, for Latinx Heritage Month, and I was just like, mm-hmm. I, I wrote one, I think, last year, and a lot of the characters that I wanted to bring forward were all from, like, uh, fighting games, and yes! some of them... Oh my god. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm hyping you up. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Like, you know, I guess I just got to play fighters my whole life so I can, like, see something. Because this is crazy. Uh, it was literally fighting games and Sombra. Like, that was that was it. 
And I was I like, damn, this is, and even, even when Sombra was announced, I was like, yes, give me some Mexican culture. Like I'm, yeah. I'm ready for it because that was also, I, for me personally, that was like one of the first times I was like, damn, like, is she the only Mexican character in video games? Like what is going on? Straight up. Um, That's how I felt. I was just like, I love Sombra just cause like, I love her aesthetic. Like it's same. nice to see yes. like, you know, a little edgy goth moment hacker like mm-hmm. i'm just like yes give yes. me more of that i want <laughs> yes. more of that but also oh, what was i gonna say i was gonna say something but i totally forgot damn we're talking about fighter fighting games yes okay. fighting games okay so i had i had i actually was going to write a feature about how the fighting game community really has been like a safe space for a lot of marginalized communities, but yes. then, you know, a lot of stuff has happened in the past Since year then, that kind yes. of, <laughs> <laughs> yes. kind of like, all right, let's not write about that right now because yes. it's just looking kind of wild. <laughs> but it like that, I feel like that plays into it because yes, we did get a lot of representation in these games um, before other games were doing it, you know, like, yeah. I, you know, I see it with fighting games all the time where I'm just like, oh, we have characters from liter- like Street Fighters and Taurus for featuring fighters from all around the world. Mm-hmm. We have like Capoeira fighters from Brazil and, you know, all those different types of fighters. And I feel like that really probably attracted, I, I can't say for, cer- for certain, I can only speculate, but I think that attracted a lot of people, you know, people of color and marginalized people because yeah. it was just like, yo, it was really dope to just see us in a game, games, even if yeah. it was a fighting game, yes, you know, like literally, yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. I, um, so uh, my boyfriend, I get to brag a little bit. Um, Hope <laughs> is, uh, he's the uh, flocker for anyone who like follows him. He's the 2013 Evo champ for what? Ultimate Ball versus Capcom 3. Yeah. So, um, I hadn't been to any, um, I hadn't been to any any like uh, fighting game tournaments or anything, and uh, I went to one with him, and it was my first one. And I was like, "Damn, y'all literally have people from legit everywhere here!" And it was it was a wonderful experience. You know, there were um, literally I I think I saw someone from like every marginalized group ever, and everyone was just you know together playing video games, and it was literally like the best thing. So I completely. I, I obviously I can't say for sure, but I I kind of feel like it, you know it, when you see yourself, there. yeah, you know yeah. when you see yourself, you're more excited um, about what it is that that is coming up. You know, I think that's why a lot of us are so excited for Miles Morales. Like I don't, I, I like Spider Man, but I'm I'm mostly here for this <laughs> black Latino. Okay, yes. like <laughs> like that's that's 100, why I'm super 100%. Right here 100 percent um so you know yeah praise video games yes for for that type of inclusion um Mm -hmm. but yeah just just video games is pretty much that's it i mean sorry fighting games is pretty much the only thing i have um that i can think of you know latinx characters where um i feel like the portrayal isn't crazy and even then you know some of them can be a little over the top but Mm -hmm. you know the games are mostly over the top so i'm not like too judgmental when that happens because you know that's kind of what the game is supposed to be about um Mm -hmm. it's just when when games like cyberpunk come forward and they kind of want you to they're they're too exaggerated i think like they Mm -hmm. want you to believe in this world but then this world is like a a stereotypical over exaggeration honestly when i was like you know I, i when i first heard about the voodoo boys i was like i bet it's just a bunch of random ass black people with some voodoo bullshit thrown in and then i watched the video and i was like i 
pretty sure I'm correct <laughs> just based on what I've seen so far. And I was like, damn, like, oh this is all y'all got. And then, you know, I want, I don't want to go back to it, but, you know, the tiger claws, like, like, guys, like, ugh. Anyway. No. And then they have the Moxies, too, who are, like, a, like a sex worker group yeah. in the game. And I'm like, so you took every marginalized community you could think of, and threw them, them into a gang, a gang yes. and put them in this game. Like, <laughs> literally yes. what it is. All right. Yeah, no, that, that, yeah, that's, that's literally it. Um, so <laughs> another thing I want to ask you is, well, okay, so here's another question that I want to pose to you. Because I, I know that I feel some type of way about this, but I want to see how you feel about it. When you have con, uh, basically it's content versus creator. And what I mean by that is a lot of times there are, you know, comic books and video games in which characters are created by, you know, um, white people that are uh, POC. And then there are some times where you have POC creators who create characters that are white. Um, do you think that one of those is more important than the other? I'll start with that. <laughs> do you think that one of those is more important than the other? Oh, man. I think. I know it's a, a tough very, question. I'm yeah, it's, it's, it's just layered. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I think at a very base level, people of color creators should are always more important. Um, just because we don't see that enough, mm-hmm. you know, like, regardless of what it is they're creating, um, as long as it's, you know, not harmful, I yeah. think we should definitely uplift that, you know, and I feel like, honestly, we deserve it, because mm-hmm. we've had to deal with white people doing whatever they want, you For know, forever. yes. <laughs> When they make things right, like yeah. we've had to deal with incorrect portrayals of of our of of marginalized communities in movies and shows and games for so long um, that I think you know let people of color create whatever characters they want, even if they're white. Like honestly, I don't think they're going to do it any worse than what we're already seeing white people do for people. <laughs> color <laughs> i mean yeah <laughs> i cannot disagree with that <laughs> so yeah more of that i one think of, that's that's more important <laughs> yeah I, one of the reasons i asked that question is because and i know it's layered uh, but because i i actually was struggling with it for a while i must admit mm-hmm. because there was a point where i was like you know a lot of times i think that people don't Um, Aside from, you know, us, I think there are a lot of times when people won't see who's behind the creation. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes, and I'm not saying all the time, because I'm still like, I I completely agree with everything you said. I think you just put it like perfectly, like let us, Mm -hmm. like we should be um, lauded for the creations that we're making because we, there aren't enough of us making things anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that is so important and I completely agree with you there. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I, I used to think that, you know, there are times where we won't see who's behind the creation and um, a lot of people won't look up who's behind that creation. And so sometimes Mm -hmm. 
sometimes the the representation may come from someone who is white right so like yep. uh it, it, i think one of the examples i was talking about was when they t- uh when they revealed Riri williams as the new um iron man uh mm-hmm. the the you know black girl afro etc mm-hmm. and i was like you know I don't know whether we should praise this because there is, you know, we don't have this. So, you know, my niece is going to see Iron Man as this strong 15 year old black, black girl who like is, you know, super smart, et cetera. And like, yes, that's amazing. Like, I think she does deserve to have, you know, that type of representation. Um, I don't think I should, you know, take away from the creator for giving me that, but then also it's like, damn, I could have given myself that had I had the opportunity, you know, like, yeah. uh, so then if I do have the opportunity, uh, like you said, I should be praised for that character, whether that character is something that, you know, isn't necessarily represented. So like, cause I, I, I think this, I'm not going to say the story would be better. I probably should, but I'm not going to say the story would be better, but I think the story of Ruby Williams would be very different had it come from a black creator and it could have mm-hmm. been something that I could relate to more, but at the same time, I don't want to take away from a white creator for giving me that type of representation. If that, if that makes sense, I, I don't know. Yeah. So it's yeah. always been, it's always been really tough, but I think you kind of swayed me. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that you bring it up so that's a great example i think back to um there was a point in time where they had lady thor um and yes i remember that i remember there was a lot of blowback for that and you know it wasn't blowback that i would support because it was basically like a lot of angry white guys that just didn't want to see <laughs> yes you know a woman mm. in their comic in yep. their favorite comic book But the blowback I did understand that was a bit more nuanced was like, you know, why are we taking characters that already exist and just putting another person in that character's shoes, Mm -hmm. you know, and try and passing that off as representation, right? Like that's, that's kind of a cop out, you know, like if we want more representation in comic books, we should let these characters have their own stories, have their own arcs. You know, mm-hmm. I think that comic, I just, I think comic books, <laughs> they probably don't have a lot of faith in new characters, right? Like, yeah, of course. They take, you know, oh, Iron Man has a lot of fans and a lot of hype. So let's just like put this black girl as Iron Man and then we can get more eyeballs on her. But Iron Man has built, I think, a following. Because he's Iron Man, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So to just force this person onto these people, we don't know if that's, it could do great. It could not, you yeah. know, I don't really know. But I would rather have seen her as her own character, mm-hmm. you know, her own, have her own story, have her own, um, like you said, have a black writer writing her so that we can really get real representation. Exactly. Because that's something I was <laughs> I was really interested in the Mulan things. I love Disney and I love, um, I loved the original animated Mulan. And then this, the movie came out and I was like, do I want to spend the 30 something dollars to watch this movie? Mm-hmm. And I found a Chinese critic and they broke it down. And there are like all the writers of that movie were white. And yes. you can tell, yes. <laughs> you can tell. 
because there's a lot of European mystical elements added into this movie. It's not authentically Chinese. There's a lot of things here that just it would not have happened if they had given that movie, you know, writers that understood Chinese culture who were Chinese mm-hmm. or Asian, you know. So I think it's always important to have writers or whoever's behind a character or a movie or whatever it is, make sure that the writers and those people understand like that culture or else it's going to come off as inauthentic, yeah. you know, or unauthentic. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I get you. That one actually, I was interested in that as well because I, you know, when when they were first talking about Mulan, I was like, oh, okay, cool, they're gonna have you know a full uh, cast of Chinese people. Like, yes, like I'm down for that. Let's put all Asians on screen. Like, I'm here for this type of representation. Mm-hmm. And then I too found out that you know behind the scenes it was just a bunch of white writers, and I was like, well, why did y'all even like what was what was the point of this? Like, if you weren't gonna go all the way, why did you why did you do this? You could. You yeah. should have just like not even gone through with the process if you were gonna, you know, half-ass it. And to me, that is literally like half-assing it. Like, oh yeah, uh, we'll just put a bunch of uh, Chinese actors in here so that people think it is what it is. But you know, not knowing what's behind it, I was very ignorant to what was behind it until I found out, and I was like, well, fuck, <laughs> like, why did you guys do this? Yeah, like let them tell, like let us tell our own stories. Like that's. <laughs> Because, again, like, it always draws back to, like, it's it feels very superficial. Like, if you're you're really about representation and you're really about uplifting marginalized communities, you need to put marginalized people in power. Yes. You need to give them the um, the the ability to create that stuff without, you know, the lens of whiteness placed mm-hmm. over it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that's really the only way that we're going to get those real authentic stories. Cause drawing back to cyberpunk. Yes. <laughs> there's representation in that game. Is it good though? No, probably yeah. because all the developers are not all, but like most of them, I don't really know. I'm going to speculate and say they're probably almost all white. Yeah. So yeah. And, and it also, I think uh, you, you've just been, you know, explaining things so well. Also, it is, <laughs> it is easily just f- at that point, you know, forced diversity. Going back to the comic book thing, like, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. y'all are mad that there aren't any, you know, Latinx people in here. Okay, well, we're just gonna turn this already non-Latinx character into one so you guys can be happy. And now everybody's happy. But it's like, no, <laughs> it doesn't, mm-hmm. it does not work that way. Like, we would like to, like you said, tell our own stories. And it's mm-hmm. always been, I, I I, I just get so confused when people go on Twitter and they're all just like, you know, um, especially when the Black Lives Matter movement was happening and they're like, oh yeah, we want to be so diverse. We want to hire, you know, POC. And then I, you know, me, I'm just like, yeah, like we, it's crazy to me because <laughs> like, I, I guess I'm frustrated because I, you know, I know enough POC people that are so talented that deserve, mm-hmm. you know, deserve um spots uh, higher up in, in positions that they're in. And so it just frustrates me to think that people don't even like companies don't even do the reach out, you know, like they don't do what's necessary to find the talent that's there and then they're just gonna mm-hmm. be like oh yeah no we couldn't find anybody i'm like bitch i got five people on a list right now that can do a job better than anyone you already have hired and bring diversity to it yeah but you won't even yeah. you know take the time to search out that that type of talent so you know mm-hmm. for me i was just like 
when that whole uh, Black Lives Matter thing was happening and all the, you know, uh, all the companies were like, oh, yeah, give us your, your diversity hires. I was like, OK, how long is this one going to last? And yeah. as you can see, it's already over. So, like, it's been Man, so frustrating. It's super frustrating. And it's uh, when that thing when that happened, I was like. I was I was so hesitant to, like, jump on that train Same. just because. I, so at the previous place I worked at, I won't say any names, but they did this whole superficial um, diversity hiring thing. Um, And it was only for like, you know, positions that were like basically at the bottom, you know, staff writers, um, you know, editors that really did most of the work on the site. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but when you looked at the management and you looked at like senior editors and all that stuff like that, uh, the executives, they're all white guys mm-hmm. and like maybe one white woman here and there. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're the type of white woman that's going <laughs> to not challenge them ever. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, oh, just, I know. They're, yeah. They're part of that like group of that group think and. Um, that's when I'm kind of like, okay, do I want to advocate for diversity hiring if we're not also pushing for safe spaces in these places? Exactly. Because it can get predatory real fast. Mm -hmm. Like, are you compensating them enough money? Are you just trying to hire people of color because you can, you know, pay them less, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and are you going to provide a place where they're not going to constantly have to hear ignorant, you know, viewpoints from their coworkers because they haven't had to work in a diverse um, Ooh, place Let's not talk before. about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I have experienced that firsthand. Yeah. And, and that's things that they don't really think about. It's like, oh, we're giving them jobs. Like we're diversifying our companies. And it's like, yes, but you're also doing it in the real in the worst way because like at my last job a lot of the people of color left because we were tired we were like we don't want to deal with this anymore we don't want to be um you know work to the bone we don't want to be underpaid like you know almost half as much as our white co-workers are um so yeah like those are all important things to consider and that's kind of where i'm like "Mm, i don't know if i want to promote this exactly mentality of like let's just hire people of color get them in here and it's like mm, i think we should be a bit more critical about that <laughs> yes, no i completely agree i was i too was very hesitant because you know i had people messaging me being like oh hey yeah you can join this or you can do that or you should send this person your your you know portfolio etc and you know I'm, I'm i'm looking at the people that are you know uh suggesting that they want to help and some of them i'm like yeah i totally like i can i can talk to that person but then you know i'm looking at the company that they work for and i'm like "Mm, you know i i i see what you guys have at the top and Mm -hmm. i see what you have at the bottom and i don't think that i want to be you know just thrown in there because y'all want to save face like and it's Mm -hmm. it's really hard because i i never wanted to like i i appreciate like I 100% appreciate everyone that was like, oh, yeah, you should do this, you should do that. And then I would just have to have those conversations like, yeah, you know, thank you for the opportunity. I'll try and I'll see what happens. And I know that I'm not even going to attempt to talk to this person because, like, I already know how that is. And I've also been in situations where 
they've been like, oh, yeah, you know, we're gonna let's, you know, let's, for example, say that we're gonna write a piece on uh, being LGBT in video games. But then Mm -hmm. you pair me with a bunch of white LGBT people, nothing wrong with them. But that to me is still not diversity like that's Mm -hmm. diversity to a certain extent but Mm -hmm. when i'm talking about my experience being lgbt and black it is not at all the same as some of y'all who are lgbt and still racist so like Mm -hmm. this doesn't even like being put in situations like that don't even help me so like i i i I will stop talking about this (laughs) actually (laughs) before i get myself in trouble no you're fine it's fine it it really it's you can only get better by diversifying your companies. Actually, there's a podcast, not a podcast, is it a podcast? A panel. A panel coming out this weekend that I did with a few other people talking yes, about this very exact, yeah, this very exact thing. And it's basically like you have only so much to gain by getting people of color in positions of power at your companies because they can use their lens to see where your company is not it's missing you know that diversity that it needs you know if you have like marginalized writers pitching these things that require the kind of lens the kind of sensitivity the kind of understanding that only a person of color or you know a marginalized person from that community can understand mm-hmm. or at least somewhat get their head around that person, that writer is going to only, their piece is only going to be that much better because of exactly. it. Rather than you trying to, you know, either accidentally or purposefully censor them because you feel like what they're talking about is, you know, whatever word you want to use to describe it to controversial. It's like, no, this is the thing. We need to talk about this stuff. Exactly. And we need people who are equipped to navigate that yeah i completely agree that's actually one of the reasons that i because i didn't i i won't even lie i was not looking to start my own website at all (laughs) this was not like this was not something i was like i woke up and i was like yes i want to do this it literally Mm -hmm. came out of you know friends of mine and people talking about these topics and wanting Mm -hmm. to represent them and then wanting me to talk about them because i you know i always felt strongly about it and uh i've been very lucky and very blessed to be able to talk to people like even that even that diversity article that i was talking about that marissa wrote you know that was one that we talked about together because you know she is white so she was like you know i want to make sure that i'm you know we're having these types of conversations and i think it's just we've been really really lucky to be able to have that relationship and talk to one another and be able to really publish pieces like will the last of us to bury its gaze because like those those, they're, they're topics that are important um, that are very nuanced, very specific, and um, they can they can be very scary. I won't lie; it's very scary to put some stuff out there sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, that's really the reason why HP Critical exists because I want to be able to allow people to write what they're passionate about. I'm glad that it exists, and I'm glad they have someone like you. Oh my gosh! Stop. Spearheading it. <laughs> oh, it's so important. It's so important. Thank you. <laughs> So the next thing I want to ask you about is, do you have any favorite content creators, developers, um, anyone of Latinx descent that you'd like to shout out so that we could check them out? So I do have a list of Latinx creators, people of color, all around important people 
working on inclusivity and diversity that you should follow. Um, it's a pretty long list, so get ready. Uh, I want to shout out Latinx and Gaming, Black Girl Gamers, Can I Play That, Beyond the Bot, Pikachu Lita, The Gay Chingi, Dia Lacina, Kazuma Hashimoto, Kihun, Grayson Morales, Paul Tomeo, Patricia Hernandez, Ash Parrish, and of course my peeps at IGN, Janet Garcia, Miranda Sanchez, and Armando Torres. Um, and I also think it's really important to call out the work that a lot of these smaller websites are doing. Um, I'm seeing amazing things being done at uh, Uppercut Crit. Um, shout out to Ty, Monty, and Jessica. Very cool people. Diego and everyone at Into the Spine. Natalie Flores and the work being done at Fanbyte. Uh, Kate Sanchez and the crew at But Why Though. And last but certainly not least, uh, my good friend Jarrell and everyone at HP Critical. Awesome. Um, that's it for me. Is there anything else that you want to bring up before we end? Now's a good time as any to educate yourself and diversify the people that you follow. There are so many creators out here having these much needed conversations about diversity, inclusion, and equity that are providing this education for free. Uh, so I figured I would list some of the people, some of my favorite creators that I watch on the regular that do this. And these aren't people who are necessarily talking about video games, but just overall talking about you know, issues with systemic racism and things like that. So uh, the Pero Like Crew, um, The Grapevine, T Noir, Cat Black, uh, Shan Boudram. I'm just going to drop that in there because she talks a lot about sexual education, which I think is super important. Um, and these are all people you can find on YouTube. And yeah, that's it. I'm probably forgetting some people and apologies if I did. But um, it I know it's a lot to advocate for this stuff, especially in an industry that so often just wants to glaze over it, wants to ignore it, wants mm -hmm. to just, you know, love its games and not take it too seriously. It's just a video game, you know, da 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 da. But I think it's more than that. It's this is things. This is media that people consume. Yep. Video games isn't niche. Isn't a niche thing anymore. Like. <laughs> It's everywhere, yeah. and um, media really does influence our culture. So yes, it's important. Have your fun, but also remember that this stuff matters. So yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes, yes. I yeah. <laughs> thank you so so much. Thank you. No, <laughs> thank awesome you. <laughs> it was. I am just so reinvigorated right now after this hour and a half that we've been talking and like I was like oh yeah it's gonna be like 30 minutes don't worry it's gonna be fine and I could talk to you more <laughs> I really could honestly um, I didn't even realize it's been an hour and I didn't either I just like... looked at my recording I was like oh okay <laughs> but honestly yeah. thank you just so so much for you know being so open and honest about these conversations that we're having you know I um 
I, I truly appreciate it. I appreciate your insight. I'm so proud of everything that you're doing. Every time that I see you, I'm just like, oh my God, that's so <laughs> Seriously, honestly, I wouldn't even like be thinking about any type of game journalism if it wasn't for you. So thank you so much. And um, like I said, thank you just for being so open and honest about, you know, your opinion and how you feel about how important representation is because it, you know, it fucking matters as we both are very aware of. Yes. So um, Mm -hmm. thank you so, so much. I can't thank you enough. Thank you for having me. And Um, yes, I'm happy to come back anytime. Oh my gosh. Okay. So it was so much fun. (laughs) I'm actually going to try to wrangle you and Lee in this one right now so i am having later on i don't know when yet but i am gonna have a mm-hmm. podcast about um uh being in relationships and gaming hell yeah so i'd love Sign to have up. you both on that Sign one that's gonna be so fun <laughs> yeah i can't wait it's gonna yes. be a nice little reunion yes oh my god i need to talk to him yes i like i need to speak to him yes. <laughs> anyway thank you again and thank you everyone for listening and uh we will talk to you later bye everybody bye